hello. <laughs> but um, it's been great to be here and um, into this wonderful city of city, town of Oatshorn, and um, to meet some of you, and hopefully we can meet more of you um, later on. So there's been um, a group of people who've been praying for us as we've been here. So um, we come with a, a team behind us, which is, is really wonderful. And, and they've brought different words and encouragement. So, and many people send their love to you guys and, and to all of you guys. And um, it's great to bring a report back of what God is doing in this great city and what he will do. But I, um, I, had, I felt God give me uh, a word for, for you guys. So just want to look at 2 Kings 2.19. The men of the city said to Elisha, Look, our Lord, this town is well situated. I gather it's the center of the universe. Or, <laughs> yes. As you can see. But the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water remained wholesome. I, I actually felt I wanted to bring salt and throw it all over you. I don't know how that would have gone down, actually. But, um, you know, close your eyes. Um, but I actually felt in my spirit that this could be a defining moment for you as a church. I'm not saying that you've, it's been totally unproductive. Of course it hasn't. Interesting that the water in this town you can't drink because it's a bit dodgy, I gather. Um, but I did feel like there's a line to cross today where you can accept the salt in, in your water or not. And I, I looked, so Elisha threw the salt into the water and the water turned sweet. It became wholesome and productive and, and it was productive. Interesting that when this church was birthed, it was called Living Waters. That's your heritage. That's, that's who you are. And um, I, I just wanted to unpack a bit salt. Salt is a very, was, and still is, I suppose, but a very precious commodity. What he was doing was throwing something incredibly precious. I mean, the Roman soldiers were paid in salt. A man, you know, you know, I don't know whether in England we have this phrase, you know, you're worth your salt. That's what it means. It means this is very, very precious. And it has various qualities. And I just want to apply them to ourselves today. Firstly, it cleanses and heals. You know, I was a nurse in my previous life. And, uh, you know, obviously you, you put saline, you put saline over wounds. It, it's, it washes off impurities and it, it is a natural antiseptic. Are there any wounds or sores in you that need healing today? Because the salt is here. Or 
Have you inflicted wounds on each other that need healing? James, I haven't got this verse, sorry. (laughs) Um, Talks about confessing our sins to each other will be healed. There's perhaps there's a new way of vulnerability that God wants to bring among you. Maybe there's unforgiveness. Things have happened, un- misunderstandings. Sometimes it's you feel like you have forgiven, but there's a shadow in your heart towards that person. So I've forgiven you, but I'm, ne- I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give my heart to you again. That's a shadow. And um, recently I realized that I had a shadow towards somebody um, and I, I couldn't quite understand the way she had processed her issue. And um, if you've been in my pastoral equipping, you know I'm a, I'm a delver and you find the roots. And I just felt she wasn't being authentic and I judged her. I had a shadow towards her. And I just thought, this is not good enough. I need to go and see her. And we had coffee and I just said, I'm so sorry. I judged you and I withdrew our friendship. And she had felt that, but she hadn't understood it. And it was interesting because as I, and it was a wonderful time, and um, I felt so free. And as I went home, and I was just talking to Andrew about it, as I was talking, I suddenly saw her point of view. And I just thought, I wonder whether God would have done that if I hadn't had the guts and the conviction to say, to meet with her and say, I'm so sorry. It was, there was nothing to forgive. It was my shadow. Are there shadows between yourselves or people? And um, have we lost seeing people with a worldly, uh, have we lost seeing them as God sees them? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, from now on we see no one from a worldly point of view. Maybe we need to ask God again, how do you see this person? Because the amazing thing about church community is that God chooses all these bizarre, different, diverse people, brings them together. You think, ah, I wouldn't have chosen to spend my time with these people. You know, you look around a community or something, and, um, and yet that is the glory of the church, isn't it? Different facets like a chandelier, different facets that reflect his glory. That's glorious, but it's also a challenge to work together. And, and we, you know, maybe we don't have so much of a commonality, but we, the commonality we have is that we, um, are, we love Jesus together, um, and God has chosen and called us together to move forward as his community. Um, and then are there still on the cleansing and the healing, are there um, things in your heart, emotions, experiences that need to be healed? Are you battle-weary? Apparently, um, so I've been reading up about salt, so it heals bee stings, salt, and psoriasis. People have baths in it to heal their skin issues. Is there something deep down that you just need to say, God, will you pour your salt over this, this wound? Maybe even now, 
God is bringing things to mind and you need to, um, you, you, it would be good to ask him. Jesus is the healer who heals us from our sins. He, Jesus, himself bore our sins in his body on the trees, that we, the tree that we may die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we, ha- we are healed. So even in this moment, maybe God is bringing things up that need healing deep down. I mean, the Holy Spirit is here, and he's the one that, digs, that brings things up. Ask him and allow the salt of him to come and heal. Salt also preserves, and that's why it was so precious, actually, because putting salt in meat kept your meat for longer when we didn't have the luxury of fridges and things like that. It maintains something in its original state, and it stops things decomposing. Anything worth keeping was salted. And that's a reminder to us that of God's permanence, of God's commitment to us, his covenant. Um, have you let go of some of those things? Have you let something not quite decompose, but have you unsalted certain things? Are there things that you once ran in that you don't anymore? So this is quite heavy, I do, I do know that, but I feel like this is what God has said. So. <laughs> and I obviously have checked it with Darby. Um, Revelation 2, 4 and 5 says this. I know your deeds, your hard work and perseverance. I know that you can tolerate wicked men, that you've been tested. Uh, you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and found them false. You have persevered. And endured hardship for my name. I think many of you have. And not grown weary. Yet you have forsaken your first love. Remember the height to which you have fallen. Repent and do these things you did at first. I remember I became a Christian at 13. Yo, we were so radical. And um, I was in a worship band. And we would do little preachers around the villages in, in, in England. And I just thought, what did I do then? It says, repent and do the things you did at first. What did I do at first? What was it like to be so radical? And, you know, this was obviously looking at me many years ago. So, you know, we can get a bit sophisticated and, you know, been in leadership a while. But actually, God wants me to still be that radical 13-year-old, actually. (laughs) Perhaps not so up and down emotionally, but, but still, what did I do? What did you do when you radically met Jesus? Because that's your first love. It's quite a thing to think about, isn't it? And then um, salt was used as a covenant. So that's why often in the sacrifices, if you read about it, it was salted. The sacrifice was salted. And it talks about... Um, the covenant of salt. So um, there's a verse in, I'm jumping now, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, that talks about, don't you know that the Lord, the King of Israel, has given the kingship of, David, of Israel to David by covenant of salt? It means that it's permanent. It's a, a commitment, a covenant. 
And even in Arab cultures today, they, if they partake of salt together, it could be a legal uh, binding agreement. So there's something about that sense of a covenant as we are salty together. God's brought us into a commitment to each other. What does that look like, really? Um, so is there, uh, uh, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. That means we bring into our conversations, our friendships, our relationships, that sense of commitment, salt, equals commitment, covenant. That's, that's quite serious, isn't it, actually? If we think, I've just said that, it's, it's, it's quite serious because actually that's what's between us. Does that make, am I making sense? That's good. <laughs> um, is, is the absent person always safe? That's um, Andrew's mother's phrase. Is the absent person safe? In other words, what do you talk about the other person when they're not there? If, if he isn't, we're not being salty. We're not, we're not living under that sense of covenant commitment. Salt is good, the Mark 9:49. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how do you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. So I don't know whether you're, are you going to follow on with how we can keep salty? Yes. Um, and and Darvi's going to talk a bit about that, about character and how, how do we keep salty. But I, I, I do feel today that almost there's quite a seriousness of, I you can receive this salt that's being thrown over you. You can understand that perhaps your, your water has not been as sweet as it could have been, that the land perhaps has not been productive as it could have been. We can all say that, actually, you know, if we're, if we're honest. But say, God, what are you, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? How can I apply that salt in my life? Wow. So that started just with a prophetic word and then Liz shared it with me and I said, can you share it with us? And, and uh, it obviously changed what I was going to say. <laughs> but you are the salt. She quoted that. That's Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 13. Uh, you are the salt of the earth. It says, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing. I don't want to be good for nothing. Um, what's preceding to that? That's the thing that I, I looked at. What, what, what does that follow on? Because Jesus is saying this. He's saying you are the salt of the earth. And if you can go, I didn't prep you on this. So if you can go Matthew 1 through Matthew, oh, sorry, Matthew 35, 1 through to 12. Like if you can add those. Matthew 5, just from 1. Sorry, I didn't prep her. It's not her fault, mine. But this is what 
Jesus said before he said this. Now what did he say? So he said, this is the Sermon on the Mount. All of you know that? Sermon on the Mount. So, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Not just persecuted, persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say things of evil against you because of me. Now, and then he goes on and he says, you're the salt. All of that character, did you see that? He's speaking about our characters. He's saying all of that. If we go back to one, we run through it quickly. It says, mercy. Are you merciful? It says, are you pure in heart? Check your heart. And before I go on, so how would we get here? All of these values, all of these characteristics, if I... If I'm not pure in heart, how do I become pure in heart? How do I change? You change this morning. Because Liz was saying she felt that she wanted to throw salt at us. That's quite significant, I feel. (laughs) We almost should have done that. Because when the Israelites brought an offering, and it was like a, a, it was livestock, they were instructed to throw salt at it. It also said in Leviticus, don't bring your offering without salt. In other words, don't bring it. It's, your offering needs salt. Don't leave the salt. Don't leave the valuable part of your offering. Why? Because the salt purified. It was a symbol of that. It was, it was, a, it was that. It was the, the permanence, the purification. It validated. It, um, it consecrated actually, that which they brought as an offering to God, as an offering to God. And God said, don't bring it without consecrating it. And God this morning is saying to us that he, with his spirit, wants to consecrate us to him. And then, if we look at those things that Jesus said, I'm not going to read them again. You can read them, the Sermon on the Mount. If you look at those characteristics and we lack them because we all lack at least some of them and maybe all of them at times in different levels obviously but how do we get there by allowing the Holy Spirit this morning to penetrate our hearts to change us, that's what salt does so salt cures meat by becoming one with the meat and changing its flavor, it changes its consistency, it changes it, and it, then it doesn't rot, then it becomes piltong. Eh? And we love that. But you want, wouldn't want meat that was lying in my cupboard, unsalted, for a month. You wouldn't want that. 
But if it was salted, you would want it still. Permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. Those are the words that are said about salt. There's an interesting thing. In Ezekiel, we read that babies were rubbed with salt. Saline solution now. A little bit harsh, less harsh than rubbing them with salt. But they were rubbed with salt to strengthen the baby, they, they, they said. But it was, it was actually taking away the risk of infection after the baby was born. And what God said to me there is, we are the salt. And those among us, and sometimes ourselves, that are babies in certain aspects, newborn Christians, they need to be rubbed with salt. And we are the salt. We are there to protect them from infection and from, from harm. We're each other's salt. We're supposed to protect one another. You are valuable. That is what Jesus said. You are the salt. You are valuable. Anyone to say that to each one here today? You are valuable. Of immense value. And he, he wants to consecrate us. And I think that's the action today. It needs an action from our part. Amanda felt that strongly this week. God said it over and over to her prophetically. We need to take an action this morning. It needs, we need to do something. So, I first want to say this. If you're here and you don't know God, and you haven't given your heart to Him, then He, he wants to give you the opportunity first. To say, I'm here for you now. So if that's you, if you're here and you haven't given your heart to the Lord, would you put your hand up for me? Raise your hand. Why? So that we can pray with you. So that we can pray that God's salt, His Spirit, would come and change your heart. Is there anybody that has not given their heart to the Lord? No. The rest of us, this morning, I don't think there's any of us that don't need God's spirit and salt this morning. So, I'm going to ask, if you need God's salt to work in your heart now, would you stand? Bringing a sacrifice to the King of Kings, to the Holy One. That's a holy thing. It's a sacred moment. This is a sacred moment. As the salt hit the sacrifice, it became consecrated to God. And this morning, as we stand, I believe God's salt is hitting us. I'm standing twice. I also want to stand. I was standing. (laughs) 
God wants to come with His Spirit now. And let God's Spirit change your heart. Let it penetrate your heart for holiness, consecrated, acceptable, valuable. done that we are in the presence of God in the holiness in his holy holiness what allowed us in is the sacrifice that Jesus brought it's his sacrifice his blood on the cross that allows us into the father's holiness this morning but not just this morning as we as we go through our daily lives God wants to continuously season us with salt never remove the saltiness from any area of our lives and it's okay if somewhere in your life you you find wet this has become unsalted I said something I did something I thought something all you do is you add the salt back right there right then if it's something you've said about somebody go correct it go to the person you spoke about Go to the person you spoke with. Add God's salt. If it's something you've done, then you go to your knees. It says, confess your sins one to another. Why? So that we can have forgiveness. There's a sense that if you do not confess, there isn't forgiveness. Add the salt. Add the salt. And in our friendship, we are each other's salt. Without each other, we have lost our saltiness. I think God's saying, you know what, on our own, we, we are not salty enough. It is when we come together as the saints of God. When we when we rub shoulders one another that the saltiness of each other is experienced I'm going to pray for us